0: Mosquitoes, and before long they were cloning DNA.
1: Okay, that's enough. Turn it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is about as much of Weird Al as Jack is prepared to take today.
1: <laughs> like ever.
2: <laughs> I think that's your It's like your yearly quota of how yeah, much Weird Al you I can stand. I just can't
1: stand it. But I mean, <laughs> keeping with the theme, um, you did go and see Weird Al in concert.
2: It's true. Yeah, Crazy. I I went last Monday. Yep. Yeah, so I'm at Budweiser is that Stage, that right? which was pretty cool with my $16 beer. Felt pretty <laughs> great about myself doing that. Ugh. Anyway, welcome to episode three, everyone. Episode
1: three. The, yes,
2: we're, we're very slowly creating a, uh, an oeuvre.
1: A brand? A
2: brand. It's yeah, brand. <laughs> brand creation right here, brand 101. <laughs>
1: we're brilliant.
2: Yeah, we, <laughs> that's all we should just come in and say every episode no stinger. We're just great. See Listen you next time. to us. Yeah. We
1: are that good.
2: Listen, damn it! Even though you're listening right now, yeah. and we're berating you for such,
1: and hopefully you're repeat listeners. <laughs> and if you are, you know how this works. Yeah. If you're not, and you're new to it, <laughs> wow, why don't you tell us
2: the, how it works? Uh, yeah, how this—the whole point of this, I guess, we might—we probably should have explained this last episode. The reason that Jack and I are doing this show is over the year we came out of the exact same media environment as kids but over the years we fractured in a pretty huge way as to how we look at uh, especially film but music books etc so the whole point of doing 14 months apart is to figure out just how the hell that happened so this Episode. I keep wanting to say this week's episode.
1: No, this is, episode
2: is is a pretty great microcosm for how we did that. Should
1: we say it's like a nature versus nurture theme? Because that's <laughs> just really fitting.
2: <laughs> well, we you just said it.
1: Yeah, I so did. So now
2: now we're absolutely stuck. Now
1: we got nothing. With that, we got nothing. Piece
2: of wisdom. But this week, what we're doing is this is a little more of a. Uh, straight up Jack versus Bob kind of a situation. Because uh, we both love one of these films, and we both have two very different reactions to the second film. This week we are looking at the utter masterpiece that is Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park from 1993, and then we're going to be looking at a movie that
1: has dinosaurs
2: in it. (laughs) Called Jurassic World, Colin Trevorrow's film... From 2015. That was very restrained. You like that? Yeah. I thought it was good. Sorry, I puked a little bit in my mouth, like calling it a film. So but this week is a little different because we have uh, we have a guest. A
0: special guest, a, a very special in
2: guest. In the room.
0: Yes, I am very
1: special.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> there he goes, right yep. off the hop, right yep. out the door. Yep, yep, that's me.
2: He's wearing a helmet and he's carefully restrained <laughs> right now. He is that special. So yep. Logan, why don't you introduce yourself, Logan?
0: Well, I am Logan Sword, son of Jacqueline Barrow and uh, nephew of Bob. <laughs>
2: I don't have a fucking last name, Nothing. Bob.
1: (laughs) Just Bob. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just Bob. And don't panic if you hear me swearing around a 12-year-old. It's not the first time he's heard it. No. So. No. No cause for concern there. I'm a good
1: parent. Yeah, he's like, let my (laughs) brother do stuff. So part of the reason we're bringing Logan on as a guest on this show, um, other than the fact that he's been dying to be on... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of Bob's shows since he started podcasting, yep. um, is that this was a film that we experienced around his age. We were about 10, 11.
2: Yep, around that, around um, that number.
1: 93. So to us, it was a life-changing film, mm. um, and I, we thought that it would be interesting to bring in a fresh... New generation perspective <laughs> on the whole experience.
2: A fresh, a fresh set of eyeballs. Eyeballs that are young and don't need as many glasses as me and Jack have yeah. between us.
1: Maybe so, very important. Well, I, like well I think your opinion is important, especially. Uh, when it comes to this type of media, so let's see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Okay.
2: And, it, and it's exciting, because we said before, no one's podcasting anymore, Logan, so you're you're part of a, a very bold new frontier. Yeah, it's very
1: new. You could go and tell your friends that you're doing something that nobody has ever done before. Oh, I've already raved to, like, all my friends, so. You've already been <laughs> bragging about this? <laughs> yeah, like, he's ah! on the show and he's yeah. already talking about how great he is. You guys have
2: no fucking, I'm huge in Japan already. Like, <laughs> you better I, live up to it. Whew, It's going to be big. He's got a three-picture deal. Oh, yeah. So we're going to start with Jurassic Park. Yes. The the original Jurassic Park. Now, I think to properly understand the impact of Jurassic Park, you really have to look at the time frame that it came out in. Because 1993 was, it's almost cheap to say, oh, it's a different world than it is today. Well, Of course.
1: No, but it was a different world.
2: Yeah. Every it couldn't have been any more different than right now. the The concept of the blockbuster it still meant something back then. the The event film Jack. We didn't have event films. We have them once a month now. Back oh, then, yeah.
1: back then it was you know you got the trailer with that guy's really deep voice. Well, in trailer another world, yeah. in 1993, yeah. <laughs> it was massive. It was massive. So. Because it was so massive um, and because our parents were so protective, um, it wasn't... <laughs> we
2: should start with Yeah, this. we need
1: to start with the story yeah. that brought us to Jurassic Park because it was such an intense film and our parents knew that raising us, we were very intense children yeah. and often prone to dramatics. <laughs>
2: yes. And mom and dad had also seen it. Our parents had gone like everyone else's parents uh, and everyone else in the world. There's a reason this was the highest grossing film of all time until, until uh, Titanic, Titanic came out. So our parents had gone to see this movie, and while watching it, uh, I some of the raptor stuff towards the end, there was a rather large gentleman, uh, not like fat large, just like a big brick house Beefy guy. Beefy, like the rock large. Yeah, sitting in a couple rows in front of them. and there was a scene where uh, a raptor leapt out, one of the dozens of brilliant scares. And the man was so terrified, he stood up but didn't let go of the arms of his chairs <laughs> and ripped the arms off of the theater seats at Lansdale Cinemas in Peterborough and then looked around and set them Gently back put down. Them back?
1: Yep. But, but that was the reaction to this film, I think, if you yep. could sum it up in some kind of analogy. So when Mom and Dad came home, I remember cousin Becky had babysat us that night and she had spilled the beans that they were going to see Jurassic Park and we were pissed (laughs) so we were not going to bed we did not get left with babysitters very often and for being such well-behaved children we weren't very good for our babysitters we were like a class manipulators yeah so we would refuse to do things but in a very nice
2: very polite way
1: polite way I'm
2: not gonna do it but there'll be no yelling or screaming. I'm yeah. just gonna sit here. I
1: hear you, but no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we refused to go to bed, and she kind of just gave in. And we were up when mom and dad came home, and we were mad at them. I remember being mad, <laughs> and they just didn't really care. They're like, no. "This movie is way above your pay grade. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> you cannot see it. You will be terrified yeah. and traumatized for life.
2: Yeah, you're not going to the theater to see this, let alone alone." Cut to a month or so later, yeah. back when movies would play for more than a week in theaters. Uh, a handful of us—I believe it was me, you, Crystal Lindsay, Charity, Charity Lindsay,
1: Charity, maybe, possibly Sarah, but I can't remember. Yeah, maybe Let's Paul just say Morgan. all three Lindsays. Oh, yeah, who,
2: who knows? There was a gaggle of us. Mom and Dad had let us go to the theater on uh, by ourselves, which we could do back then at nine, ten years old because we were trustworthy. Under the caveat that we were going to go see Free Willy. Free
1: Willy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a pretty decent movie for yeah, the time. Yeah,
2: very Let's cute. It's not hate on the wills. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a cute little film. Perfect film for a bunch of kids to go to the theater to see. Alone. Yeah.
1: But here's the caveat here. When I get told that I can't do something... Jack
2: in a nutshell.
1: It makes me want to do it even more. Oh,
2: no. It, she's just going to go do
1: it. It's like when my mother-in-law told me not to paint... The wall in my living room, the what is it? Not a display wall, but an uh, accent, accent wall. wall. And the next day I went out and bought painting supplies and it was done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she painted a big butt right across that wall, no matter what the hell her mother But the other had I thing
1: said. I didn't like to do was break the rules. Yeah. So we decided, amongst all of us, with Charity in the lead,
2: yeah, yes, Through her the under oldest, the bus,
1: yeah. um, that we were not going to see Free Willy. We were going to go and see Jurassic Park. Because it was PG. It was PG. We could get in. But I remember being so nervous the whole time. Like, we're going to get caught. Dad's going to be standing here. He's going to know. He's going to know. Yeah.
2: looking. I remember walking up. For anyone that remembers the ticket counter at Lansdowne Cinemas in <laughs> it Peterborough. It was outside. It was yeah, a little box. <laughs> it, was, it was outside. And someone sat in it. And you stood in line, walked up, and asked for your ticket. And we were just terrified the whole time that Dad, yeah, like, like Jack said, Dad was going to pop up. And freak out, mom was going to pop up and just be disappointed. Even in the movies, I remember
1: being scared. Not just scared of the movie that was to come or while it was happening, but being scared we were going to get caught.
2: And I remember because they had the big wall of of light boxes, and they had the seven theaters or whatever, say, the seven posters, and Jurassic Park was up there, and it's just... And I remember looking at that poster and the Free Willy poster, like, "Eh, eh," and having this emotional... yeah. (laughs) What do we do? What do we do? And we did it. We We did it.
1: We all did it. Holding hands, I think it was at the T-Rex scene that I remember going, I know why we weren't supposed to yeah, see this. We're going to be in trouble. We've made a total... We've made a mistake. We've <laughs> made a mistake. Yeah, listen, and we can't back out of it Mom's now. Mom's not here to explain the animatronics. Like, yeah. we're, it's not an animatronic at yeah. that point. It was a real fucking dinosaur.
2: Because there was... Th- this movie was... It went off in the culture. In like, There's people that... I remember when uh, Endgame came out, and people were Marvel's Infinity... Avengers Endgame. And people were bitching, why is everybody so obsessed? What's everybody's problem? Every now and then a movie can just explode in the culture. And it sends out shockwaves. Everybody knew that Jurassic Park was out. Everybody saw it. And everyone knew that something had changed
1: in cinema. Something had changed in cinema, for sure.
2: It was a a very traditional adventure story. Nothing super spectacular about the storytelling, other than the fact that it was done immaculately. Yep. But... The change was in the effects, in the scale of imagination that they can show. Because prior to this, and prior to our little fried brain sitting in the third row, I oh, think yeah, we of the were theater. super close. You
1: know, Logan, when everything is like right in your face and you can't focus? No, yeah, I it was, remember watching Shimanji like that.
0: So.
2: Yeah. It was insane. So before this, CG had been doled out in little doses Uh, the first use of CG if I'm not mistaken was a wireframe rendering in what the original Michael Crichton Uh haha Westworld and then we had, there was a CG scene in The Wrath of Khan uh, when they set the Genesis device off. Jack's looking at me like, move the fuck on about the Star Trek. <laughs> no, um, <it> fine. <laughs> and then we had the stained glass window fight in young Sherlock Holmes. Then James Cameron got on board and we had the pseudopod, the water tentacle in the abyss. Right. And then we had the T-1000 in Terminator 2.
1: Which was also a really good use of... The technology, but I don't think any of it comes close to touching no. what we saw no. on that screen.
2: But that's the fun part: is each of these movies had been taking quantum leaps in terms of not just the quality of the animation, but the daringness the filmmakers had to to employ it.
1: Do you know what that's called in a scientific term? I do not. Punctuated equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Punctuated equilibrium.
1: We use it to refer to. Um, human evolution okay like nothing nothing bam nothing nothing bam
2: yeah okay that's that's a perfect way to describe it because that's what it was like and we're sitting in this theater and this film that's both strangely intimate and strangely huge is going on and I will and I'm sure Jack feels the same way and I know a generation of people feel this way I will never forget and I still get goosebumps every time that music swells oh. and the camera pulls up and reveals the brontosaurus or the brachiosaurus.
1: That's my first note. The music and the sound effects bring—it's like a nostalgia bomb. That's yes. what I wrote because when he the the brachiosaurus rears up with that and music, you
2: see he turns her head in the car. Yeah, I got and goosebumps. Yeah, I got just talking about it. If if you ask <laughs> me what is my favorite scene in that film, it's still that. Yeah, nothing compares to that. Moment, because you don't see the raptor at the start, other than a quick couple of shots of its head when it's eating the guard. Because they spared no expense, except on automatic gate doors um, and, and locks and
1: taser sticks. I think that was one of Logan's notes. Why are <laughs> they poking note. the raptor with taser sticks? <laughs> no,
0: it's putting the pissed off the raptor in and poking it with taser sticks. Yeah, like, as you're, he's you're
2: already eating dinner. Like, so yeah.
1: I mean, they're they're a little bit of a flaw, yeah. but. It's the whole ambiance that's created with the movie, with the music, the sound effects that we've never heard before. We, we don't know what a dinosaur actually sounds like, yeah. and this is the first realistic attempt at recreating that type of sound.
2: Exactly, and, and recreating dinosaurs in a completely photoreal, realistic way. Write down, everything Spielberg does in this film is meticulous master tropes because he's a master craftsman. He was then, he is now. Yeah. He makes it look effortless. And it's all little tiny things that he does that roots the film in a tangible, physical reality.
1: Well, the dinosaurs aren't anthropomorphic, so they're not making... They don't talk in human voices. They're not Mm -hmm. funny and cuddly. They're realistic.
2: They're not stop motion, so also... So even the best stop motion, you still get a bit of a a jittery blur uh, to their movements. Uh, so this was shocking. Also because we're almost at the half an hour to 40 minute mark before we even see the Brachiosaur. You've spent all this time living with these characters, getting small bites of their life, but everything is specific. There's not a wasted line, a wasted scene with any of them. And scientists.
1: It's like the, I like to call it the Independence Day effect, because mm-hmm. when we showed Logan Independence Day a couple of years ago, he was bored to tears for the first hour before anything happens, and that's a generational thing as well, where action doesn't happen, you develop the story, you develop the characters. Mm-hmm. But with Jurassic Park, I think, if I'm not wrong, you bought into it from the very beginning, and you weren't bored oh, with the lack of action. Yeah, I Well, you have that action Jennifer's. scene off the hop. Yeah, of him getting eaten. Yeah. So you know something's going down. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then we go from that to information. It is an almost half an hour of solid exposition, but it's all delivered through character. And we know by the time we get to the island and by the time we see the dinosaur, we know everything we need to know about everybody. And you don't notice that you've been, you've had all this information given to you and that's that's writing that's so rare and exceptional.
1: Well, you fundamentally care about the characters, which I think is lacking um, from the other two that followed this, is that there was no character development. I think the filmmakers were just trying to cash in on the cash cow that came before it. We Mm -hmm. won't get into that yet. but not yet. um, One of my biggest takeaways from this film, other than the whole experience, was the science.
2: Yes, as as I said, I love that they're scientists. I think yes. that adds another it's such a brilliant now it's in the books. But it's such a brilliant turn because we trust scientists. These are scientists that are being convinced that there's real dinosaurs. And
1: they're not being portrayed as that stereotypical dorky scientist. They're doing something badass. Yeah. They're not nerds sitting in an office somewhere. They're actually getting shit done. Yeah.
2: And they look cool. Uh, Sorry, I had such a crush on Laura Dern, and I still do. Those little khaki pants shorts she wore in that movie were just ridiculous. I I
1: had always been an Ian Malcolm fan, but I tell you, watching it this time, Sam Neill...
2: Well, it also doesn't help that Jeff Goldblum, well, hilarious in the film, and at one of his most Jeff Goldblumiest performances, is. is his character's a little out of touch with the time. Well,
1: this now. is pre Me Too, but let me tell you, if Ian Malcolm had been around post Me Too, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, if that character was in a movie now, he's very
1: touchy, like he oh, very he yeah. invaded Ellie's space,
2: spends the whole movie trying to scam on her. Yeah. And it's but I do love when he pinches John Hammond's knees. Yeah I that mean, is she a good wouldn't one. do that.
1: It's all those little those little things about all the characters mm. that um, really bring it together. Yeah.
2: It's I remember sitting in, in film school first day and the teacher asked us in our very first class it's like what was the film that made you want to be a filmmaker? And they went around the room, and of course, I'm like, oh, Dawn of the Dead, and you get a couple of randoms, but I think at least four kids, as I recall it in our class out of twenty, all said Jurassic Park.
1: That doesn't surprise me. No,
2: they. It, I think it's it's it was our generation's Star Wars. We Absolutely. saw something that we had never seen before, and we wholeheartedly believed it because we believed in the characters. And I'm going to stress characters.
1: Even the dinosaurs this are characterized. Half. Yep. Even the raptor, the T the T-Rex becomes the hero of the whole darn thing. And when we talk about you talk about wanting to be a filmmaker, I wanted to be in film, didn't necessarily want to make films, but yeah. what this movie changed my direction in life and it builds on it as we get into some other movies we're going to talk about later in the fall, uh, was my absolute obsession with prehistory. Yes. I didn't look at it in terms of, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. I w- looked at it in terms of, I want to be a scientist. <laughs> and That's
2: Jackie the bookworm. No word I of a lie. Full, full bore right our, there.
1: Uh, our fifth grade, grade tree... Yeah. Excuse Slow me. down! Oh, hell, I'm so excited. I can't Take two. <laughs> our
2: fifth if we're all over the place on this episode, guys, we apologize. But Jurassic Park, still, all these years later, twenty plus years, we're just so fucking wound <laughs> on Jurassic Park right now.
1: Um, our fifth grade teacher—I don't know if you had Miss Glacky, did you? Oh, you did. Damn right. I had I'm Ms. sorry. Glacky. We had we had different grade four teachers. Um, but she gave me an old typewriter she was getting rid of uh, as a gift. And I decided after seeing this film that I was going to write my dinosaur book on the typewriter. So what it actually was was just um, an alphabetical conglomeration of dinosaurs from A to Z. Yeah. And I just described them. Um, I, I don't think it sold many copies. Maybe mom bought one. Or maybe not. Um, but I was seriously, seriously obsessed. I was obsessed with the, the genetics behind it. Um, and I kind of, uh, without really knowing, my path was going to be to prehistory, paleontology, all that stuff later so on. So,
2: as we talked about last episode with me and Hellraiser 3, where I can look at that as patient zero for horror and in my life. Would you, could you say without hyperbole that Jurassic Park is probably your patient zero for that?
1: Uh, for science yeah. and that, the love of um, education and history. Absolutely. Romeo and Juliet stood a testament to my obsession with love stories. But if you were to talk about how I was going to model my life, patience zero would be yeah. Jurassic Park, for and sure. And
2: you also, as a very precocious nine-year-old, decided that not only were you going to watch Jurassic Park, Jack was going to start reading it. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And read both of them before she was ten.
1: In one summer, I think we were still taking trips to Kingston or we did some yeah. kind of road trip, and I, wrote, I read it on a road trip. To Kingston.
2: Because I'm still reading Goosebumps, like, yes. this shit's badass. Oh, and Look I, over, I Park. was
1: obsessed with it. Michael Crichton, um, while his character development and storytelling is not the same as, like, a Stephen King or... He,
2: no, he has no character development. No, it's all
1: science, but it, it's... I love, and as you'll you'll see when we, we delve into Neanderthals, um, <laughs> how much I love information... Overload informative books with a little sprinkling of character. Yeah.
2: Well, you you believe him. When you read yeah. Jurassic Park, when you read Congo, when you read Andromeda Strain, because those are the books of him that I've read, uh, you believe what he's saying in the same way that you believe that these characters are in a park full of dinosaurs. And you can strip away the dinosaur craziness. And the fun thing to remember about all the craziness, there's only something like 11 minutes less than of actual... CG what? in the film. I think it's actually oh, it's, closer it's to seven animatronics. or eight. Huge amount of animatronics work. But you strip all that away, and you still have, at its central core, character arcs going on. Most notably is Dr. Grant. Oh, and yeah. And a very Steven spielberg
1: It's very subtle and almost yeah. slapsticky sometimes, um, when the kids hold his hand, or they press him for affection, or things like that, yeah. but... Yeah, he has a really soft character development.
2: Well, it's it's a it's a Spielberg arc, trait, uh, or I could say it's it's one of his standard storytelling motifs that he's always dealing with fathers and sons,
1: like Mr. Holland's Opus and Jaws. Uh,
2: Richard Dreyfus. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> as a soft character. Arc.
2: Yeah, it's uh, he's always dealing with fathers and sons and stuff. So you you have this kind of going on in the background, and if you want it, it mm-hmm. gives you that a nice good feeling at the end when they're cuddled up to him and you know Ellie's you can hear her ovaries banging together (laughs) so I'm gonna marry a banker that's what I'm gonna do
1: one of um, the great things about characters that Spielberg does and I guess Michael Crichton is to blame for this (laughs) excuse me we're just gonna wade through the water softening system
2: so Jack what's that great thing that uh, Michael Crichton kinda does but Spielberg does way better about character we'll just keep talking
1: you just wanna talk through
2: it we've talked through it before okay
1: Um, What I love is what he does with the jerk characters, like Dennis Nedry, who I always confuse for the principal and Billy Madison. (laughs) I think I got into a fight with my husband once about it. No, it is, it is, it's Dennis Nedry.
2: (laughs) Sweaty, angry, fat guys.
1: Yeah, I guess.
2: (laughs) Fun fact about Dennis Nedry is the three costumes he changes into are the three costumes that Chunk wears in the Goonies.
1: No way.
0: Which is
2: produced by Spielberg.
0: Oh, I can see that. The guy's yep. Hawaiian shirt thing is the same as the... Yep. Guy.
2: Oh, and come then on. yeah. And the gray jacket that he's wearing is the same as Chunks, and then the raincoat, yeah.
1: What a nice little tidbit. Yep. Um, tid-bit? <laughs> Moving <laughs> the fuck on to what I was
2: saying, Bob.
1: Uh, even um, Attenborough's character comes in like Colonel Sanders, yep. right off the hop, and he's so flawed, but he's so passionate about what he's doing.
2: Well, that's... You could say if there is a villain, that's what's interesting is John Hammond is technically the villain. He's the mad scientist behind all of this. But the best villains are characters that believe so intrinsically in what they're doing that they, to themselves, transcend any feelings of guilt or morose or, or morality. About the whole thing.
1: But we see that beautiful character arc at the end of that when um, Sam Neill says, Mr. Hammond, I've decided not to endorse your park yeah. and he says, So have I so have I. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to see this arc
2: yeah, as with he him. comes around and then that great because Ali sets him straight when they're eating the ice cream. It's just I get okay. We're yeah. just gonna start describing every scene of the movie we and why it's that. fantastic. So Logan, Mr Sword. Yes. We we've talked about the impact that this film had on us. We rambled at great length. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, your reaction would be different. You didn't see it in theaters. You saw it many years, many, many years after it was released. Yes. What, how did it feel for you when you saw it the first time?
0: Well, I was pretty uh, mesmerized with it. It's nothing that I had seen before, considering. I was two years old at the time. Yeah, how like, how much
1: of a slap in the face is that? Dad, Mom and Dad wouldn't let us watch it at 9 and 10. But here they sit down, my firstborn son at 2, and show them. Well, same those gun things. Remember with the water guns?
2: Oh, yes. As, as children, Dad was very anti-gun. Wouldn't let us have. Obviously not real guns. But
1: <laughs> no water guns. <laughs>
2: wouldn't let us have. If we wanted a water gun, we had to buy it ourselves. And every time, and that was the rule. So every time I did... I got my ass chewed. He's like, "What
1: are you doing?" I'm like, that was the rule, Dad. <laughs> but then he goes, and he doesn't just give my children guns. He hand makes yeah. uh, period piece rifles, yeah, which Not become real even guns. more dangerous weapons than water guns. But anyway, your experience with watching the film—what did you think? I'm sure you don't remember exactly watching it the first time, but how has it resonated with you?
0: I mean, it made me really fascinated in dinosaurs. Considering I, like I said, I'd never seen anything like that, and. I've, of course, seen photos of dinosaurs, but seeing them actually alive on screen was pretty pretty cool. And I, uh like you guys would always think, I thought that they were real. And I was like, I am going there right now.
1: Oh, you want to go to the park?
0: Yeah, I wanted to go to the park so bad, and then I found the horrible truth that it wasn't... Uh, wasn't real. Oh, not like
1: <laughs> Marine Land. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> Both sad, tragic places. Yes. <laughs> Although I would go to Jurassic Park if it was a yeah, real thing. In a heartbeat. Marty asked me that the other night. He's like, uh, Do you think if this was a real place that you'd actually want to go? I'm like, Hell yeah, I would. He's <laughs> like,
2: Bitch, I would be there. You stay yeah. home with the kids.
1: I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll, I'll send you a go. postcard. <laughs> I'd take you, buddy. Okay, thank you. So, so sorry, go ahead. No, good I was just going to say, Crossing Generations. Some films don't hold up and stand up. Like Independence Day didn't have the same resonance with Logan as this one, but...
2: When you're getting that onslaught, because it's, I guess, if we haven't probably explained this, Logan was born in 2006. He's 12. He's going to be 13 this year. So he's grown up with a very different brand of cinema. You know his his Jurassic Park would have been like Transformers when that came out. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the next kind of big leap in CG. But there's a pretty philosoph serious philosophical difference in something like Transformers, <laughs> where you're getting blasted with CG and quick editing. Log, can you? I pointed this out when we were watching Jurassic Park last week. The difference in the editing. In the pacing of the film, and I said, watch this shot. They're not going to cut away. And they just go, and the characters talk, and the camera moves. Do you know, can you see that difference compared to the movies that you go to the theater and watch now?
0: Yes, I have noticed that, watching it through, that they uh, they actually take time and care, and I feel like in the newer ones, they're like shot after shot very, very quickly. And this one I found more, uh, I didn't realize it really until you pointed it out. But then when I s- actually slowed down and watched
1: it, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting.
2: You didn't notice it, but your brain did.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a pacing thing. And I think that's now the, because they're, this generation is so fast-paced and we want things quick, 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 We've got to keep their attention. because, because, <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause. laughs> <laughs> Because we also watched this series of movies with my three-year-old. And when there's downtime, he's clearly bored. But when there's a dinosaur on screen, yeah, so he is right in the thick of it. And here's another example of how maybe we we're sheltered babies because Sawyer's reaction is, "Oh, the velociraptor's hungry. The dinosaur <laughs> likes to eat the people. <laughs> and our my reaction was, I was terrified for years to come. Because that maple tree in front of my room would wave at night, and I would think it was a T Rex.
2: <laughs> oh, I remember coming home, and if I'm not mistaken, we didn't tell mom and dad.
1: No, but they knew
2: what we had done. And I remember getting up, oh, waking up the next morning, and I was convinced. convinced that there was a velociraptor in the kitchen I could hear it probably the Susie bumbling around just like our cat the claw
1: tapping
2: oh I could hear it and I mean convinced in a way that like if you set your dog on fire you know your fa- your parents are going to find out. Yeah. The axe is going to fall. No, there, I was convinced that there was a flaming dog on fire of a velociraptor in our kitchen. There was,
1: because it was so indelible in our minds yeah. and that there was raptors in the kitchen. I remember us um, acting the scene out in the basement, the kitchen scene, behind that <laughs> weird sweaty, greasy, gold <laughs> couch the that we had.
2: Velvety old, creepy couch. Yep. That was
1: always wet, I think yeah. you said. It was a little moist. A little moist. And we had a basement. But we would act it out, and it's still... I still get scared watching that scene. Or not scared, but brought back to a place when I remember being afraid. And I think Mom and Dad knew as soon as we walked in the house. And I think the, what Mom I said I probably was,
2: ratted my ass out early. Yeah, you late. couldn't
1: keep a secret <laughs> in
2: your life. Not with Mom. But
1: she said our eyes were as big as saucers. And then they knew. And I don't think they said anything. They waited for us to come clean about it. Yeah. They knew.
2: We probably got to the next morning. But I was... I can remember that feeling of terror. And it wasn't, yeah. like, I, I can do, you know, burning dog analogies, but it, it wasn't a silly Sick. memory. It was, well, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of something big that you know you're going to get caught for. So I can remember that sense of dread. And yeah. that was, I, I hate to think, as much as I wouldn't wish that on kids, I hate to think that that's lost. That that feeling of a kid can go see a movie that they're not supposed to see, but is still so magical and joyful.
1: Yeah, because it was joyful. That's
2: the thing. Is It's it an adventure. Yeah, you're on this incredible roller coaster in the hands of master craftsmen uh, from behind the camera to in front of the camera, to and you're watching this spectacle of not just CG like you've never seen, but practical animatronic effects like you've never seen. Stan Winston built a full-size T-Rex that did stuff
1: moved is it, around is it still on a sound stage somewhere I yeah, don't know if they have uh, the original is it at
0: the reptiles? Either? I have to. <laughs> They recently did this post <laughs> did on Instagram work. of it walking down the street.
2: No. The that's different. The no? the Jurassic no. Park T-Rex was on a huge gimbal arm. And if if you haven't seen it gang listening out there, there the puppet was built without the reality of rain Uh, being taken into account. Okay. So it's the most complex animatronic ever built up to that point, ever. Probably to this day. (laughs) Well, it's skinned in foam latex and foam rubber. Well, it's porous, so it absorbs water. Oh. So it would absorb the water and all the electronics would get wet. Well, there's footage out there of the T-Rex and it looks like it's shivering.
1: I think I remember we had a making of.
2: Yeah. And you could video. see it and they were like <laughs> it looked like it was cold, but it's just the the Someone el- get it a blanket. It's just they would have to do that. They'd have to cover it up and dry it with hair dryers and sponges to try to dry out the electronics as this thing's having. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
2: having a bit of a palsy. It oh. was and a massive machine. If it got up to speed, like when it would whip its head around, if you were standing in front of it, it could kill you. Like, this thing is humongous. Well, and
1: that is a fascinating thing, and I think we've lost some of that magic in movies now, where it all becomes CG, and we see this clearly with the later the movies, where delayed address when parks, I equals. can tell that something is CG, I lose interest, or it breaks that fourth wall of um, disbelief.
2: It's when... Or belief. It's when CG... Is you, you can use, like the, the later Marvel movies, use tons of CG, but in a very Spielbergian way. Their character work is so rock solid that by the time Spider-Man is CG swinging around or Iron Man's in the suit or Guardians of the Galaxy are whipping through space, you know they're on green screens. You know it's CG, but you're caught up in that joyous adventure that something like Jurassic Park did.
1: Well, and there was never a moment where I was drawn out of reality, even watching it now. I've We've watched it oh. countless times.
2: Mm-hmm. I also think, because they keep talking about with each uh, successive Jurassic Park sequel, oh, the dinosaurs are so much more real. I think no. part of the reason why they look bad to us is they don't look like the dinosaurs from the first no, one. No, they don't at all. Which, so I'm like, well, that's what they look like. Why did you change it? Yeah. You know, like, I get it. The... The CG puppets are so much more advanced than they were then. Than they were then. But you lose some of that that wonder and also the fact that they didn't dwell on it. They didn't waste time. Spielberg didn't abuse the power of his CG.
1: No, he didn't make that the spectacle. He made the story itself the spectacle yeah. and the dinosaurs were merely players.
2: And, <laughs> and his limitations brought out, because if you can't, like can't show the shark in Jaws. So what do you do? You don't show it. So what do you do instead? Character work.
1: Yeah, but you have to show dinosaurs.
2: Yeah, but you can't (laughs) show them all the time because of the limits of the technology. So limits breed exceptional problem solving because you have to work work your way around it. You can't just start that money hose like they can now and just spray and dust your light and magic with money. That's the name of the effects house. Until they give you an hour's worth of pure CG dinosaur shots. Well
1: and I feel that's what happened in the other two that came after this. So we watched the whole franchise up until yes. the newest release. So
2: before For before more. we get into those, we're in total agreement, Jack, that we both love Jurassic Park. It's Loved it. as near Perfection. As you can get.
1: Casting, it's a nearly Storytelling, special effects, Logue. Yes, I impeccable. I love that movie, yeah.
2: So we're gonna talk quickly about Jurassic Parks two and three. Uh, they don't need much time. Yeah, Lost World <laughs> Jurassic Park. I like that movie. It's messy, mm. but I like it.
1: What did I write? I uh, I personally like Jack. this nothing. wrote I have no memory of seeing <laughs> this film. <felt. laughs> no, I do. I just I felt like. Their characters were lost. I didn't care if Julianne Moore's character lived or died. The only one that I had an affinity for was Ian Malcolm because we knew him from the first one.
2: Yes, he, we had you. You bought into caring about him because all the groundwork had been done in the first one, and he wasn't as weasley and weird.
1: No, I he think he was they more told action that. hero. Yeah, which, in this one, I, I don't know. It just it was okay. I was bored through a lot of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's a messy movie. If I'm not mistaken, there was writer strike problems, so they couldn't fix stuff. There was a bit of a rush production. I think Spielberg was. It's one of the few sequels that he's done, other than Indiana Jones. Okay, because he was just so excited to go back to the world, uh, the Lost World, as it was. <laughs> uh, that he, it was. He's the one that prodded Crichton to write another book.
1: Well, and how do you live up to that first one?
2: Well, that's mm-hmm. the Ken. that's the thing that we're going to touch again when we get to Jurassic World. Is what do you do? You know, do you bring them back to the mainland? Do you have people go there and try and catch them? Like, how the the hell do you live up to it? Jurassic, uh, Lost World Jurassic Park does have a few really great set pieces, uh, namely when the truck's hanging off the cliff and Julianne Moore's on the glass. and You're like, oh, look, dinosaurs. They're doing stuff still. They still look great. The raptors in the long grass. Is
1: That's a, a creepy scene. It's yeah. ama-
0: It reminds me of snakes, which makes it creepy yeah, as well. Yeah. It really Just does. The
2: tails flicking up is is exceptional. It, it it does start to wallow in some a lot of schlocky nonsense wah, wah. that That's the first one didn't indulge in, and it's that schlocky nonsense is would never go away. The franchise couldn't shake it, leading us into Jurassic Park three. The Which? 50s B movie silliness <laughs> of the franchise. I,
1: do, I really like T. Leone. I really like William H. Macy. It's weird not to see him as Frank and Shameless. For those of you who are Shameless fans, it's hard for me not to see him as, as that. I thought it it picked up a little more chutzpah.
2: Well, it's, it's the first movie's roller coaster ride, but just with here, hold my beer. Just fuck it. Yeah. Pure 50s cheese of a movie. Because it's Joe Johnson who directed it, who did the Rocketeer and Captain America First Avenger, who obviously has an affinity for that era, if I'm not mistaken, he also did October Sky. So
1: Rocketeer and October Sky yeah. were in a similar vein. Yeah.
2: He's very dialed into that 50s romp. And that's what Jurassic Park 3 movie. is. Yeah. It's pure silliness, right down to when they're in the facility, the research facility, and they see the raptor's head in the tank. <laughs> And then it turns and looks. <laughs> so it's been standing there and it understands comedic timing. Comedic right?
1: timing it's and it just, understands um hiding in a way that only a human with yeah. like complex hey, cognition.
2: Hey Mary, Mary, I'm gonna stand in the tank and I'm gonna freak I'm gonna freak Teleoni out. Don't do, it. Do it. Out. do it do it, don't it'll be Funny. <laughs> <laughs> it just but you we got the last Two big set pieces from the first book they hadn't used with the, the aviary which and was a great scene going down the river. So it's it the movie is a dummy. It's a dummy. But it's a really kind hearted dummy that just wants to have fun.
1: Yeah. It
2: it does it hug it, it hugs too hard, but not overly long.
1: Yeah, like yeah. that's <laughs> That's a good way to put it. What was your opinion, Logan?
0: I... The reason I liked the movie better than the second one is I just... I found that it was better. I also liked the fact, because I was so obsessed with spies and being really awesome and doing all these really cool things... you were
2: obsessed with awesome spies, or you were obsessed (laughs) with being really awesome yourself?
0: Yes, both. 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 Okay. Um, It was just the fact that it's the kid was so, like... Being
1: able to, do the same. Would be so I could see oh, the yeah. appeal to um, yeah. what Logan is talking about. For those of you that hasn't seen, haven't seen it, is a young boy around your age gets trapped on the island after his stepdad dies in an unfortunate parasailing accident. What kind of a freaking storyline is that? It's so and then he dumb. Lives in a a worn, war torn truck with all the supplies he ever needs yeah, until his they, family yeah. comes. Two months later, they don't even come looking for the kid for yeah. two months. Well, they have to, there's have all to this
2: pseudo up. red tape of, because they weren't supposed to be near the island in the first place. If that
1: was one of my kids, I would walk there. Nobody could stop me. No. Two months? No. No. You can't walk through water. Damn right, I could. So, if so you're yeah. You're in trouble? It's,
2: there's. <laughs> There's enough stuff to love about or to enjoy with parts two and three that you can still sit down and rock the trilogy and enjoy it. It's diminishing returns, and Jurassic Park 3 effectively killed the franchise for some time. No kidding. And that brings us to Jurassic World. Now, Mm. as we said off the hop, the whole reason we're doing this episode is because Jack and I now look at film and analyze film very differently. Jack takes a bit of an approach similar to our dad where it's, it's fun. Leave me the fuck alone. Why yeah. are you bothering me I'm with this shit, it. Bob? Get out of the room. Go downstairs. So it's very similar <laughs> when I start bitching about scripts and Jack's like, we you shut you fucker
1: up?" Just mom? enjoy it. Yeah.
2: And whereas I, I can't look at it with those eyes anymore. It's another thing that I first day of film school when we had the conversation about what do you want to? What inspired you? Our teacher said, "You're never going to enjoy a movie again the way you did yesterday."
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: And that, and it's true.
1: It's the same way that I, I struggle eating pork chops after I dissected that fetal pig in biology.
2: Well, I conscientiously objected to that, you fucking savage. <laughs> Why would you do that? I
1: only did it for, I don't know, 10 minutes, and then I went on strike, but I can never look at a pork chop the same way again. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, didn't you, like, leave the room or I did, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I digress. I did one
0: day of
2: it. But anyway, so... The reason I bring this up is me and Jack are going to try and stay very civil with each other on this. We're not going to... Because the point is not to go, me, why don't you like it? Meh, why don't you well, like it? Well, that's not debate. It's to figure out why we, how we look at it differently. Yeah. Jack, because you're the bigger fan, I'm going to let you lead the intro discussion here, if you would.
1: Sure. So, I'd like to start off by saying when this... When I saw this was coming to theaters, I was going to see it in theaters opening weekend. Yeah. And my husband and I do not do that because we don't like big groups of people, especially when we have to sit in a movie theater um, and maybe not get out if there's a stampede or something. Of dinosaurs.
2: <laughs> in the theater? <laughs> or gross
1: people. <laughs> Murray, we're in a movie again! I got a call from my agent! No, so we usually Raptor don't. Raptor Raptor
2: Pterodactyl Casting Agency. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a Flintstone. the Oh my god. Yeah.
1: We usually don't go and see movies in theaters. However, we took Logan to see this opening weekend. Yep. And I was not disappointed. I really liked it. It wasn't the first movie. Mm-hmm. In any way, but it, to me, was a summer blockbuster drive-in movie. Yeah. And I, I kind of like Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? So
2: this this is the part of the discussion where Jack and I will fully agree on Jurassic World. Because I, like everyone else, I'm like, shit, new Jurassic Park. Shit, Star-Lord's in it. Let's go. And I went to see it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, there's a couple of dumb things. But by the end, I was so caught up in it. Right? Because, it namely because... I knew that the T-Rex at the end was the T-Rex from the original movie. This wasn't a new T-Rex. So I'm like, yeah, our fucking dinosaur schooled all you stupid kids. Suck on that. Our movie's better than your reboot. Yeah, and I walked out beating my chest and feeling so good about myself. And then a couple of days later, me and and my ex-girlfriend Ariel were sitting around going, wait a minute. That movie sucked. (laughs) (laughs) We started to pick it apart and we're like, it tricked us. That, to use a, a semi offensive parlance, that movie totally gaslit us. It convinced us that it was good, but it was a complete trick.
1: There, I mean, there are some issues, but just to set the tone of it, I mean, Judy Greer. Comes out of nowhere, the forever friend. Well, always a bridesmaid, and there <laughs> she is.
2: Well, that's because she is like the nude D. Wallace Stone, because D. Wallace was the mom in The Hills of Eyes, the mom in E.T., the mom in oh, Critters, right. okay. the mom in Cujo. She was the mom in everything. Now D now Judy Greer's been the mom in this. She was the mom in Ant-Man. She was she was the mom ape in Dawn of the Planet of the yes, Apes. Yep. She's in everything. And I still can't reconcile her with Cheryl from Archer, where she's a complete sociopath. Well,
1: and that I think just sets the tone right off that this isn't gonna I wish be a, she super had a serious movie. Yeah, you know what, I could have seen that would have been good, but that's not the role she's, she's actually been acting <laughs> to play. Yeah.
2: Because she's the only one who's really acting in the film. I
1: don't know. I thought Chris Pratt did a really great he's super tough. He went from Parks and Rec being a lumpy guy to all of a sudden he's this, whoa, he's training Raptors. This is a thing. And yeah, it's kinda cheesy.
2: It's I I knew there was a problem right off the hop with the cg egg hatching at the start and
1: yes for me (laughs) thank you for bringing
2: how i look at that is there's been a philosophical shift in terms of the filmmaking where you could do that shot camera work and all with a very elaborate animatronic and it would look great because it's real you have well
1: and the first day catching in the first film yep. was one of the best still things fine. i've ever seen it still stands out yep. to time we're like the alien from alien Coming running out across of the egg. still yep. still works
2: because it's it's tangible you have the big the term when i say uncally, uncanny valley jack do you know what i mean uncanny what uncanny valley it's the effect of bad Candy CG pulls you out of it. Yes. You're looking at absolutely. something that you know isn't real yep. and you can't invest. Yep. As soon as I saw that egg go, and it's all.
1: He's evil. The, the animal is evil from the get go. And that's not what the raptors were. They were just animals being animals. Yeah.
2: And I get that they've crossbred it, but that, the fact that from that little tiny thing, which is a contained shot. You're not dealing with a giant T-Rex in the rain. Nope. You're dealing with an egg that's sitting on a flat surface. It's Kermit. It's built for puppets.
1: I'm going to be evil. Yes. Mm.
2: <laughs> the most evil wrapped out in the
1: world. <laughs> He's wrecking? <rough>. So that, <laughs> yeah.
2: that to me, I was like, there's a problem. Something, something's wrong here, and that fear was rewarded throughout the film.
1: I think, for me... Uh, once Indominus Rex got loose, um, or did they even introduced this? Like, did nobody see the problem with breeding a Velociraptor with a T-Rex? Or was, sorry, what was the actor's name or the character's name that was the lead scientist there they brought back? Oh,
2: B.D. Wong for Wong no reason. Decides, decides, I'm a lab tech.
1: Now I'm an evil mad scientist. Yeah, Look at
2: my turtleneck.
1: The, I did have some issues with that. And f- from then on, like, there are those... When we're watching it again, I'm saying, yes, I do see the flaws in that. What I loved, though, and maybe you just can't get past the things that are bothering you. Oh, there's more than know.
2: the egg. I I have a long list of Um
1: ones. That it's a commentary on greed and genetically modified organisms and faster, further, stronger. It's on zo- commentary on zoos and putting people on display. Should we be doing this? Should we be making money off of the entrapment? I sat
2: wrong and now my leg is super numb. Sorry, gang. <laughs> Again? Jack's looking at me while I shake my leg. Okay. I've my leg crossed, and now it's very numb.
0: Yeah. But no, I,
2: I get all those messages are there, but it's they're written with crayon instead of Aww. adults like a pen. Would they use pens to write, because we're big kids.
1: I think... Not this, ripping
2: a sweaty crayon on your fist. I think then the another character development
1: is. is good, though. You've got Chris mm. Pratt. You've got Bryce Dallas Howard, which is such a great juxtaposition to what Ellie was. I mean, I didn't really love that she was in heels, but girl power... Okay,
2: I... Here's the difference, and here's... This isn't meant to throw you under the bus or anything, but you've referenced a couple times that you enjoy the character development. Yeah. What characters actually develop that actually have an arc and change?
1: Well... You are
2: throwing me under the bus. (laughs) You see, but this is... This is the separation, I think that right? I
1: can see that Bryce's character and I forget what her name is in the film. Bitchy Mitching in charge. Um, she does come around because she starts as this really staunch, stiff woman who has no care for her nephews yes. in any way, and then they all of a sudden become a team. She comes back around to Chris Pratt, and it's and not just for the romantic interest. Concerned
2: interests. about the safety of the boys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And about realizing how flawed this park actually is and that she has done a bad thing by okay. being a a partner in it and her you can see it in her physical characterization. Okay. Her hair gets all frizzy instead of straight and perfect. Um, she ties her shirt up.
2: That seems actually pretty funny. What is that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go.
2: Okay. So you were 100 percent right that well a shallow arc, that is an arc. So that that's how I'm looking at it. Not to talk down to that's you or anything. Fine. But, I'm not but that's offended. that's what I'm looking at with this stuff. Now I watch tons of stuff where the character arc is so shallow it actually dips into a U, right? Like where there's nothing. And yeah. I'm fine with that, but I expect a, a rudiment of an attempt with something like Jurassic Park when Steven Spielberg's involved. Even just a smidgen, a little an inch of a bounce, right? <laughs> and for me, because it's because it's a soft reboot, it, it's just Jurassic Park again. Really. I a uh, couple of kids go to the park park fucks up a couple of people <laughs> have to go and deal with the problem yeah but you've
1: you've added uh, other elements of complexity you now have an entire park full of people there
2: yes they've they've upped the ante in terms of scale but have they upped the ante in terms of fun storytelling or is it just bigger, louder, and noisier? Which you talked about the,
1: yep, uh, I hear ya. the
2: the commentary of Bill D. and Dominus Rex and all that stuff. If we're at a point now where we need Jurassic Park movies that don't even have real dinosaurs in them anymore, they have freak shows, should we even be making? Because that to me. That's a good point. That's sad. If cause they even say, she she says it outright in the film kids don't care about dinosaurs anymore they're not interested and i don't know if they to me that rang very sad like this whole movie is a a representation
1: is it a a social commentary (sighs) It,
2: it would help if the writer director of this movie wasn't such a dick and a bonehead that i'd feel better that they had those thoughts and he actually tried to implicate or implement them it also doesn't help that it's obviously two scripts mashed together. The kids on the, the the pure soft reboot of the kids on the island, the park goes awry, and she has to reconcile her problems but still stay independent and go and get them is one movie. The weaponized dog raptors is so stupid, <laughs> and it's obviously they only did it because they knew they were going to put it in the sequel, and that movie doesn't jive with the kids in the park. Plot. Can, um, they've it's two scripts mashed together.
1: It was a little unbelievable, considering in the first movie they portrayed them as the scariest piece of the park. Yep. And now they're going to help save it. Yes. They're
2: our buddies. We we've do, we've dominated them. We have we have to be as human beings in such control now and own everything. But isn't that, that we've even dominated the, the monster? If they had have done something with, isn't it not
1: this the black mirror of the movie?
2: But they don't do anything with it. They're not Blue doesn't bite Chris Pratt's fucking hand off like he totally would. But <laughs> no, they're they're like really smart dogs and they do math. I play chess. Look, he's smoking a cigarette and banging tambourines. He's a really smart Bob really hates his Fuck, it just, Oh yeah.
1: Logan, let's let's get, yeah, a, get another opinion. I gotta calm
2: my pulse right down um,
1: here. What did you think? Of the reboot,
2: not taking into account my temper tantrum. No, I you're you're
1: oh, I'm definitely
0: not taking opinion because I absolutely loved that. Yes, movie. because of Chris Pratt, I I just love him so much, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Uncle, for that.
2: You don't have to apologize. Chris Pratt's badass. It's your opinion. Yeah.
0: I yeah I don't uh, I don't agree with you, but I do love that movie.
2: Never apologize for something you enjoy, no. unless it's hurting somebody. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. There's just pleasurable experiences. Yeah. That's it.
1: So, what What about the movie did you love? So, Chris Pratt is awesome, but let's dig deeper. Well, I did like the part about the brothers, especially
0: re-watching it, having that relationship, kind of, well, kind of with you my You kind of have it with your brother. Also, taking into consideration that mom would never let us go by ourselves to a dinosaur park, like, ever in our life. The fact that mom would never let us go to a park by ourselves... Whatsoever, without any, so it's kind
2: of. Let, let alone band come band. to a dinosaur park that, if this was the real world, I was in charge of. <laughs> come on down to Bob Dinosaur Hunt. Yeah, we got a fucking raptor up back that you know, we got some guy that like clickity and it does stuff. It's a rants to it.
1: Posse yes, Posse it would be the
2: <laughs> it would be, 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 be the Lester's Possum Park of Jurassic Parks.
1: Probably not uh, gonna happen. No,
2: come um, on to Stay in a
1: trailer. And but get. for a twelve-year-old brain and if you're marketing to that generation which is yeah. they were marketing to us and bringing our children well they hoping.
2: they nostalgia bombed us yep and then made the film for 12-year-olds. And not saying that 12-year-olds are dumb, but the average 12-year-old is not being as nitpicky as I you. am about what <laughs> no, you. You're dumb. You. It. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just you. You're <laughs> the only
2: fucking one. Everyone else loves this movie.
1: No, it was a really in my opinion, and I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. I loved it. I thought it was a clear social commentary. I do see the flaws. I think it's a there was a lot of mismanagement in terms of storyline. Why did they let all of the patrons of the park just hang around in the park, go back to your hotel rooms, defend the hotel, problem solved. Good thing. Yeah, also because
2: it's security. it's bad writing. That's what bugs me. As as a writer, that's I can get if the writing's just jubilantly dumb, I'm fine with that. Because there's an excitement there in its stupidity. This is a movie that has a lot of things that are trying to masquerade as good writing. But so much of it just comes off to me as cheap pandering and half-baked ideas. The nostalgia bombing, well, it got me. The old compound. Oh, wandering into the Mr. DNA hopping around. You you have the main gates coming in, even though the silver and blue is designed to look so sleek. They did it with the stupid Ghostbusters reboot, too, and changed the logo to be silver and blue because it looks hip and modern. You've got the... The old Amblin logo at the start, you have them going in to discover the original visitor's compound, with like a
1: Jeeps and like an Indiana Jones moment,
2: which could have been really cool. That, if they had just had that story, that's kind of cool, because where do you go to find sanctuary and safety? The original park. yeah. And I think there's a through line there that ends with the original T-Rex coming back to save the day of, yes, we know this is new, but the safety and sanctuary of this roller coaster is still safe. It's buried. There's some vines on it, but don't worry. It'll always be there. Instead... Bryce Dallas Howard is running away from a T-Rex with a flare in her hand in high heels, oh, even badass. though it can run 30 kilometers an hour. Instead, if you want to do that nostalgically, take the old school Jeep that they found, drive it up. She can still have that shot of her standing up with it. And then pedal to the metal. You could have even done the objects in the mirror shot. Because that T-Rex outran that Jeep. Almost. And you telling me she outran it in high heels?
1: True. It's
2: it's stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that there I, are
1: some flaws, but I
2: just can't get. I, I can can't get past it.
1: <laughs> I can totally get by it.
2: You you can get past the fact that they built a giant cage for what I think is close to a hundred pterodactyls, which I think anyone can agree—too many pterodactyls—and they didn't make it to even base building standards of a disaster where the helicopter crashes into it and it explodes. And also, if that place is full of that many pterodactyls, how do you go in and look at them?
1: True. Well, also,
0: why put them in a glass box?
2: Because it's a big birdcage. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but, but why not? it's from the book. Well, yeah. They,
2: they talk about an aviary in the book. Because you can't just let them fly around. They're pterodactyls. Yeah, well,
0: why not do like the chain cage that they did in the first one, where you were all enclosed in the big thing, instead of having it I mean, all the behind. third one. Or the third one, sorry. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah,
1: that's good point. It's stuff like
2: that, and it's just it's so concerned about trailer moments and but what.
1: Deep breath.
2: It it all comes back for me, the to what Ian Malcolm said in the first Jurassic Park. You were so excited about the fact that you could, you didn't stop to think if you should, and that's what Jurassic World is to me. Poignant. You have a inexperienced director who ran Rampant on set without supervision and instead of going okay we have act we have all the money in the world we have blank check oh yeah and we have access to the best animatronic technology and the best CG technology well
1: you're rebooting one of the biggest biggest movies yeah. to come out of the 90s
2: let's go and use the old style like they did in the Force Awakens where it's there's CG in that but there's a lot of practical stuff but the storytelling rhythms, the visual styles, they don't overdo their CG shots. Instead of using the best tools at hand, it's like, no, we're just going to shove it in everyone's face and it's going to be bigger, louder, and then you're packaging it, and then you're selling it, and And you're you're slapping slapping it on a lunchbox. lunchbox. And that's, that's what Jurassic World is to me. It's... It should have been wonderful, and I shouldn't have felt so violated by it the next day. But
1: Well, i got to say, I think you're being a little dramatic, but you're bringing up some good points. I, (laughs) I won't fault you for the points you're bringing up. I haven't disagreed completely with what you're saying. I, as you know, my approach to film is to enjoy it in the moment, and if I loved it in the moment, then it did something for me, and it was a good experience. Watching it again... A little bit of is laughable. However.
2: Now, is that because you're watching it with me and I'm nitpicking it?
1: um, No, because there are some things that I, I took note of, like the ridiculous mismanagement. The fact that the Indominus Rex was allowed to happen. Like, that was a little bit silly. A little bit silly. The issues with the evacuation, as if it removed its own implant.
2: he remembered where they put
1: it. No. And why is the
2: implant the size of an old radio transistor? Yeah,
1: that's a little bit ridiculous. Why
2: isn't it just a little tiny chip? Why is the cell service so bad on the island? Yeah, You have the whole island. Build build a network. Or explain why you're having problems. You have to motivate this stuff.
1: But, I mean, the techie, who is uh, one of the stars in New Girl, I believe, put it...
2: (laughs) It's... He. They even <laughs> put on, an annoyed, over-the-top hipster in the movie. Like, look, I bought a shirt on eBay because I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> and they're like, look at me, and I'm trying to kiss the girl, but she don't want me. But I'm so perfectly, you know, GQ hipster douche. And but, but what I he saved the say, day by pushing a button.
1: But what he does say, and <laughs> this will sum up what we feel about the movies before we move on to the mess that was the next one. is The first park was legit. So.
2: That's what the life-changing impact that was Jurassic Park, (laughs) the generation of (laughs) artists that are out in the world now doing stuff, has been boiled down and reduced to, first park was legit. We're going to show it off eBay. Well,
1: yeah. Yes! Okay, we gotta reel it in. We gotta reel it in. It's just, it's, it is, yeah. People, we're gonna agree to disagree on this. Bob has pointed out some very important flaws in the movie, and it caused him to not enjoy the experience.
2: Jackson mom mode right now to damage control.
1: <laughs> Happen to love it. I loved the experience. It's gonna make me watch the third one, even though the second one I want to forget happened, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we are going to agree to disagree and this is exactly on point.
2: Well that it's I, I'm envious. I am, honestly, that you can just look well, at it and awesome. go <laughs> 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 hey. fucking great. I don't see you got a basement delivering <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm envious. Of uh, people that can just do that. Just sit and watch it. Well,
1: and I feel bad for you that you can't.
2: Well, it's funny. <laughs> to, to have that brain shut off. I have to go.
1: <laughs> well, look, you can <laughs> shut your
0: brain off, yeah. Jack. I have to go.
2: That. Well, that's what you guys do. You go. You're not asking you questions. No. You're just going in and going. Turn the engine to idle for well, a bit. Well, and we watch something we loud do, and fun we'll and walk away. We'll
1: Rip it too. And I, judging from our experience last night watching Fallen Kingdom, hey. we are a family that talk through movies. Back, right, oh, you do. got mm-hmm. so mad at it yesterday. Um, we do. Worst My husband and I ever. put on shows that we watch. Um, binge watch sometimes and we talk through it. We have conversations. We make jokes. We get up. We let the dog out. We get the kids food. We change dirty diapers. Not Logan's. Um, <laughs>
2: well, we put the kids recently. to bed.
1: Like <laughs> We just have had to mold our lives around what our reality is and so we don't mind it. So we don't necessarily pick it apart in the same way. We have fun with it.
2: Whereas I do that and sit and riff and all that but I go... So far in the other direction to movies that you would consider unwatchable, like actual trash movies, like trash and garbage.
1: But I'm not allowed to talk the, to each other. Well, words. but when I'm
2: watching something like that, though, to me, if I'm watching a, especially a movie I haven't seen, or a, a, you should call it a real film, but they're all real films. It's to me as a as a writer as a filmmaker that's. That's quiet time. That's I wouldn't go so far as to be so melodramatic and call it church, but it's that's it's all very important. And to And that's me, the that difference experience. between us. Yeah, we we treat that time very differently. If I'm watching something like Miami Connection or Deadly Prey or Plan Nine from Outer Space or something stupid like that that's the loud, boisterous, get up, get food, get drinks, be silly, mock the movie. But it's in a very different celebratory way, not mm-hmm. kind of damage control way that you guys are doing it to deal well, with Well, we the just have mad all this life. Like, crazy
1: life going on around us, so yeah. when we get to watch a movie, it's rare we actually sit down and watch one together and actually watch it critically. We're putting it on because it's Friday night, right? And yeah. we're having... Chips and well, I've had the
0: luck also of I feel like you have too. But um, getting from different perspectives of what it's like, I've noticed depends on the movie. I mean, watching Commando with you, we were going at it all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we, but when it comes down to movies that aren't cheesy. It's a lot quieter than if you go upstairs and watch another movie. (laughs) Or if
2: Logan comes downstairs and watches a movie with me, it tends to be a little... Not a dour affair, but it can be a little bit more serious. serious. I
1: I don't take it that seriously, but that's the difference between our approach, and this is the difference between this 14 months apart. Yeah. Um, And I think that when we've agreed to disagree, but we're going (laughs) to... We're going to come for a circle.
2: we agreed to way dis- to agree. And
1: I didn't take any notes for this last one. No, fuck that. Um, no, it doesn't need notes.
2: Enough we words have been We do it. need
1: to talk about uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom or Jurassic, Jurassic World,
2: World Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom.
1: And it fell. It fell oh hard. Oh, my
2: God. You know, there's this famous scene in The Simpsons, Logan, you'll probably know this, when Sideshow Bob is surrounded by, like, 30 rakes. And everywhere oh he steps, he keeps getting whacked in the face with <laughs> a rake. And yeah, just is I like. Just
1: watch that the other day. Uh,
2: Start. Quack. Uh, that's this It movie. was
1: really, really bad. When we watched it in theaters the first time, we were like, meh, not as good as the first one. But now watching it again, it. Am I allowed to say it sucked dick? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a like big, dirty Donkey Kong. It's a disgusting oh movie. It's fucking terrible. It's Logan's loving this. He's like the same
1: in the words on the radio. No, it was it was cheesy. Like I did see more of a character arc in uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. She has you, you saw that because
2: she's a completely different character.
1: Well, I think she's been humbled she's, in the worst way.
2: She's not the same person. She's. She's playing Bryce Dallas Howard, who, from <laughs> everything I can gather about her, is a very warm, nurturing woman like her father, who I, just looks like a hugger.
1: I loved the two scientists, or like the the systems analyst, yeah, whoever the, Chandler I'm is, a paleo friend. veterinarian. Yeah. yeah, it's not a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in watching it, I mean, we got into a bit of a a tiff because I hadn't realized you hadn't seen it no. until
2: so Jack starts... too far into one, it. One keeps talking to drop spoiler bombs.
1: I okay. To be fair, when I found out about the human cloning, I knew right away when I saw the photo of that girl. So when I saw the look on your face, I'm like, "Oh, you get it. She's a clone." And he got so mad at me, I almost left and put Sawyer to bed. <laughs> it was not intentional. I did not realize you hadn't seen it, and I did not realize that you did not know. Well,
2: in in your defense, after that scene, what you spoiled was stupid.
1: Trash. Yeah, it was.
2: No, trash is good. This is stupid. <laughs> I when it was when this movie was announced, I thought the title was stupid. I thought, oh, oh they're, they've paid Jeff Goldblum a lot of money, obviously, to come back and have for ninety uh, scene. seconds. Yeah, so but it's so they can pander, right? It's damage control. There was nothing nostalgic.
1: The only thing that affected me was the multitude of dying dinosaurs. Well, that's that's
0: just the sad. two
2: new movies. Can be very mean spirited in different ways. In the in Jurassic World, the unnecessarily cruel death of her personal assistant.
1: Yeah, served no purpose. It's
2: unnecessarily cruel. It's a bunch of children going, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this?" with no concern. And this, we, you, it's one. It's just a. It's a bad version of the Lost World. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's an idiot's retelling of that story. I, there's nothing joyous and fun about watching all of my dinosaurs die.
1: No, and it didn't need to happen because I don't think realistically, they wouldn't have been able to outrun that pyroclastic pyroclastic cloud. No. (laughs) It wouldn't have happened. And a couple of them would have been on the island, but not like almost the whole island, or on that side of the island. Yeah. But it was big enough. That they would have gone far away from the volcano anyway, I think, in, if you look at animal behavior patterns. Yeah,
2: I get the argument, oh, it was the volcanoes in the book. I'm like, no, I don't need to see that horrific, tragic shot of the brontosaurus, oh, Brachiosaurus, horrible. on the dock. And as the flames consume it, what does it do? It leaps up or lifts up to echo the shot from the first movie. Oh, look, a childhood's dead. And I get the stupid reasoning behind the scenes. They're they're saying, we're going to let everyone know, we're wiping the slate clean. Uh, everything that came before it is gone. We're in a brave new world, a Jurassic world. Fuck you. This movie was embarrassing. <laughs>
1: well, it was, and even to the point where they obviously and made... And that's brash,
2: and I hate being so directly. At this. It makes me sound like a hipster whining on the internet, but this is an embarrassing the, even film. Even
1: the way that they made... Um, that guy who is spending the billionaire's money, they made him the raptor. There's that one scene Mm -hmm. where he's tracking the little girl like they did in the kitchen, and she's running away the same way, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is clever. Okay, yes, we get that, that he's now the villain. It's not the dinosaurs anymore. The dinosaurs are the the victim except for the stupid indoraptor like what kind of an even sawyer changed it my three-year-old went no it's called the indosaurus that would have been better the well it, it's
2: indominus Rex i know what it in, is Indor- but it's just it's so it's a it's a laser guided raptor <laughs> Ryan. like you know they were so concerned Ryan. at taking their shot well-deserved shots at trump Two of them in the movie, which are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. This, the news scroll, you know, U.S. president debates whether dinosaurs ever existed in the first place. And then the auctioneer, who is so clearly Trump. Which, oh, unfortunately, is going to make air. the movie age badly if it could...
1: But you know what my what favorite, do I say? Bob, what do I even say? You know they had an favorite? auction
2: for weaponized dinosaurs in a rich guy's basement. And Star-Lord and some clone kid busted to join up. Oh. And then the raptor came in the little girl's room and did a Freddy Krueger on the wall. That was terrifying. It was stupid. Oh, yeah. Why is the raptor in her bedroom? Why is the raptor in her bedroom?
1: <laughs> it's not a raptor. It's an Indo-Raptor. It's Jurassic
2: Park. Jurassic I'd rather Park. be a raptor. And then Blue keeps coming when called... Well <laughs> I need you to Get the fuck out of the scene, bro. Like, it's just such...
1: The best follow-up oh. to that, though, and this is where I totally lost it in the movie, and I, I think the tension of the room was cut, was when um, Blue gives that final goodbye to Star-Lord, and he says, Blue, come with me. <laughs> and we're like, where? come with you, where?
2: I believe my reaction was, What? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're like, oh the dinosaur's what? crying.
1: Yeah, the He's dinosaur's crying.
2: crying. It's no tear ducks, but it's crying. Like, what are you even <laughs> saying to this movie? It's it's such a slight it makes Jurassic World look like
1: They're just like me. Jurassic Park. <laughs> she frees the They deserve to be
2: alive too. If now we're and then you cut back That's to so Jeff right. Goldblum, who apparently has been giving his testimonial for weeks. Yeah. And now we're entering a brave new world. A Jurassic world. No, Jeff. There's like 25 11. dinosaurs loose and just go and shoot them all
1: they, they took What's the 11 problem? off the island 11. even though they showed 14
2: in the last scene yeah and they' just keep seeming to multiply
1: they're not rabbits I, 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 I,
2: just just go and get them
1: <laughs> just kill them if, if there's going to be if some if there was
2: piece. a rex loose they can't breed so they're all going to die anyway they can't make more.
1: Well, they couldn't live in our oxygenated atmosphere. So. Anyway, we're not
2: even going to get to that. Okay,
1: but scientific part. They would if if a dinosaur,
2: a, a T Rex, was loose, say in Manhattan. Yes, it would cause some chaos and delay. Some yeah, some <laughs> kind fluffle. But within twenty minutes, it would be fucking dead. Because they'd shoot it in the face until it was dead from being <laughs> shot in the face. Oh look, the raptors rearing up over some town and wherever. Because he ran from Arizona. the mountains to the desert in one cut. Are you kidding me? Like, if I thought the first movie treated me like an idiot, this movie is just like, should we call its mom?
1: Are like, you okay?
2: Like, should it be out <laughs> with us right now? Because I don't think he's okay. Like yeah. that's I felt embarrassed and worried. About the film,
1: I was really worried. Um, <laughs> so, what what is our final takeaway from this, Did Logan? I, <gasps> do you want to our
2: hour and fifteen give minutes your final of remarks, chaotic I think rambling? We, I do
1: think we need to wrap it up because we've made some really great points. Um, Logan, <laughs> what was your whole takeaway from this entire franchise? What were are your last words that you would like to say?
0: Um, the fact that it was pretty interesting, seeing on how amazing the first one was to, uh, how weird and, uh, interesting the, uh, the last one was, The Fallen Kingdom.
1: So you can see the flaws. You're somewhat on your uncle's side oh, yeah. when you see how far it falls at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, the one thing that's always gotten me is the fact that the security sucks, and it's never changed from its
1: tazy sticks. Yeah, they yeah. still use the same tasers. In the, that is a consistency.
2: Yes. And the teeth pulling. I just don't. I mean, <laughs> what do I say? Because I, I feel like I'm picking on someone that's sick.
1: Well, like, this is how I'm going to wrap it up. And do you have some final remarks? I. To make?
0: It's. Do you it, have some it's,
1: positive things to say?
2: Well, about Jurassic Park, yes. Okay, it, let's add
1: another positive one. It,
2: it's always been. A point of contention with how I, I deal with my my family specifically or or non-film people. And I, I get these the same way Jack's like, to shut the fuck up and enjoy it. I get that a lot. And there are a lot of movies that I can just shut the fuck up and enjoy. But I hope today, Jack, if we've accomplished anything other than just <laughs> a mad chaotic ramble, is that maybe you can see a little more how I pick stuff apart and and why absolutely. it's important to me and why those things bug me when they're done wrong.
1: So. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I see where you're coming from. Have you persuaded me <laughs> to Jurassic believe World. that and Jurassic World did? Jurassic
2: World is a movie I watch at least once a year because I'm hoping each time I put it on that I'll like it more. It, it, it hasn't happened yet. yet, but I'm still going to give it a try next year.
1: So this is what I'm going to end on. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um.
2: Jackie's, Jacqueline's Quilty Corner?
1: What I'm going to say is, perhaps the next installment could be directed by a woman.
2: Oh no, they gave it back to Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World. Well,
1: that's unfortunate, because in the words of Dr. Ian Malcolm and Dr. Ellie Sadler, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth
2: anybody but Colin Trevorrow.
1: Oh, come on. You ruined it. No, I didn't.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think there's a multitude of female filmmakers out there that could yeah. take it over and give it Any a new other perspective.
0: Filmmaker. It's a
2: film about men playing God with breeding. So bring in a female perspective yeah, and I go uh, we make people. I think
1: we might have a little bit to add to the equation. Maybe here. we should do this. Maybe we should put in our bid oh my God. to revamp Jurassic Park. Yeah, because that would help.
2: Thanks for being supportive, <laughs> though. Come on the <laughs> show anytime.
1: I know. Conversation for another time. So yeah. um we're gonna leave it there. Yep. I think we've brought up some interesting points. We've shared our perspectives really effectively. We had a really great Guest spot on this week. I am so and
2: if you like the level of anger and vitriol I showed this episode, tune in next episode (laughs) to hear it from Jack because she is so stoked for episode four. Where we're going to be talking about another book and a movie, but this time the same book and movie. We are going to be looking at what I consider to be masterpiece of of, uh, fiction, -fiction. (laughs) nonfiction. Hunter Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, yes, Savage Journey to the Heart of the American Dream, and looking at Terry Gilliam's wonderful, if unbalanced, adaptation, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas.
1: It's going to be a good one. Yeah.
2: So the, that book is ins- hugely important to me. So Jack's going to come along for a, uh, for a maddening journey into the world of gonzo journalism. And it's going to be something.
1: <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> so remember.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, thanks again, guys. Remember, check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at 14 monthsapartpodcast at gmail.com if you want to chat there. If you have any suggestions, feedback. feel free to uh, yeah give us some feedback. Reach out to us on social media. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Uh, we appreciate uh, everyone that's listened so far. And remember, a lot can change in 14 months.